how you are in the world matters. Overwhelm is inevitable and optional. It's time to listen up and make it optional for you. Welcome to the second in a short series of tiny, huge, life-changing workshops, which I'm also recording to release this podcast because I know a lot of people prefer to listen and especially don't like doing things by video, and that's fine. So yesterday, in the first one, if you haven't listened to that one yet, you can just switch back and, and have a look at that one. So in yesterday's one, we talked about how how we, it's really, really important to know where we are and why we're there. So I talked about this getting stuck in like what feels like a tunnel and knowing the triggers that get you there. And if you've been in this place before where you're constantly trying to solve this feeling of being completely overwhelmed and not really living the life you intended to do, and then finding you're wanting to hunker down in a cave and tell the world to go away. So we looked at tunnels, circles and caves and the and using them to identify the patterns and triggers that get you feeling like it's real struggle to hold, your, hold all your life together rather than really enjoying your life. So today, I'm really happy to tell you that you have everything you need. You have all of the answers that you're looking for to create your life in a way that works for you, but you probably can't access them because we have been trained in the West to live in our heads. And not only have we been trained to live in our heads, but we've also now got this crazy society where the misuse of evidence-based psychology by software engineers has resulted in our tech, which is supposed to make our lives easier completely destroying our attention, completely sucking our lives away from us by this deliberately addictive button pressing. Even if you're not big on social media, it's very, very difficult to control your attention and make tech work for you. And yet it's quite difficult to live without tech because that's how the world's set up. So there's some crazy ways we've set up society. So this isn't your fault. If you're feeling really overwhelmed, it's just the, I think it's just like how we've set things up. However, there's something very important you can do. So this is just a really tiny workshop. It becomes huge when you choose to take something from it and do something with it for yourself. So I'm going to take you through um, basic skills when I say basic, I don't mean basic as in you ought to know them. I mean, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you to start bringing them into your life. So when we learn to control our attention and dare to listen to our bodies rather than pushing on through, through exhaustion and illness and eye strain and the need for movement, the need for nourishing food, the need for even to go to the loo or to go outside and gaze at the sky or, you know, we're constantly pushing away signals from the body as inconvenient. And when we learn to listen to the body, there's a lot of powerful things that can happen. One is we feel better. Now, we might not feel better straight away because sometimes we don't want to know. We don't want to know what's wrong. And when we get into judgmental, that's what the mind tends to do, be judgmental. It's just looking after us. When we get into that pattern of what's wrong now, now I need an appointment with a chiropractor or I've got to go to the doctor, but I can't go to the doctor because it's too busy at the moment. So, but when we get past that into just listening, 
for example, am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Do I need to move? And just honouring that, just noticing, even if you can't do anything about it, even if you can't take a break at the moment, just noticing that is powerful. And changing the relationship with the body from one of there's something that's always wrong, it's a little bit rubbish, to my body is amazing. It self-heals, it self-regulates, it knows how much I need to eat and drink, it knows how much movement I need. I don't need to be constantly Googling everything, it knows. Once we start to change our relationship with the body, that's really powerful. And it's also about love and acceptance for ourselves. This is who I am. So at this point in my life, I'm this age, I'm in this season of my life, and this is who I am and what I need. And honouring that by just listening. You don't always have to do things. When you're overwhelmed, adding to your to-do list is really unhelpful. So none of this is about adding to your to-do list. More than anything, this is about supporting you where you are now. And then there's the daring to connect to the heart. Now, in our culture, connecting to the heart is seen as fluffy. Now it seems a little bit woo, whatever that means. It's just not a respectable thing. And I think there's always been this kind of warning throughout my life of, um, you know, you mustn't follow your heart because you'll end up barefoot and pregnant, you know, like poverty. So the idea, there's these stories, aren't there, about starving artists. That's a real um, archetype um, of warning us. Don't listen to your heart. Use your rational brain for everything, which is crazy. But we're not talking about just following our heart or being really vulnerable and exposing all our vulnerabilities to everybody regardless of whether they're safe to do that with or not we're talking about balance and at the moment everything's a bit top heavy so if you're stuck in your head a lot listening to the endless loops of doom and trying to problem solve yourself with a rational mind but finding that's just not enough then I invite you to use the rest of your internal navigation system. So when we get really quiet and listen to what's going on, so, for example, controlling the attention by taking the attention and looking at the mind, so you can actually examine what's going on in your mind and you can notice its busyness, its happiness, its miserableness, its quietness, whatever's going on, that gives you power because you get some perspective. And you're able to start responding rather than reacting because it's when we get into react, 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 like we're spotting flies getting through our lives, that that's when everything tends to get too much because we're alerting this high stress response all the time. So getting out of the head into the body, deliberately moving the attention around the body or to examine the mind or sometimes taking the attention outside the body and then inside. So this attention practice of moving around starts to give you more control over your attention. It starts to allow you to listen to the body, but really neutrally. So I call this practice neutral noticing. Keep it really neutral. And that stops that, oh my God, what's wrong with my body now? And then daring, having the courage to really listen to the heart and just Treating it all as really useful information, which is helpful to guide you. And then if you put it all together, you can use the rational mind, but in a way where it's not in high alert. So it's not the rational mind's always going to give you the worst case scenario. And that's not always helpful because often life's a lot better, but we can't see it because we've got stuck in overwhelm in that tunnel thinking, 
you know, we've got to do these things that are making us unhappy in order to keep this that is very important to us. And that's a really unpleasant, horrid, horrid, unacceptable place to be between a rock and a hard place. Getting out of that for a moment allows us to see the hidden possibilities that there are easier, more fun ways that are unique to us. So when we do this neutral noticing practice, which we're going to do in a minute, what's really, really lovely about it is the same person can do the same practice. So a lot of people are using my one minute mark audio and finding that really helpful. Everybody can do the same practice and get different results, as in different information, because the information is unique to you. And that's really something very, very special. So it's not a technique where you're trying to achieve anything or sit on a cushion for the same time every morning when you're exhausted. You're not trying to do anything. You're doing the opposite. So I'm going to take you through um, a practice now so you can just experience it. And then I'm going to talk a little bit more about what it, what it can do and how to use it. Um, yeah, so let's start with that. So I'm going to invite you to just get comfortable. You don't need a special position, but don't do this driving or in charge of anything because I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And it's easier with your feet on the ground, but people do this lying down in bed. They do it to go back to sleep in the middle of the night, which I think is lovely. Um, but because I'm going to be using the words, feel your feet on the ground. If this is your first time, it can be really helpful to have your feet on the ground. You can do it sitting or standing, doesn't matter. The point is not to make a fuss. I think this is really important about my work. This is stuff that fits into your life without causing any disruption that you can do in private without anyone knowing. Now, the one minute mark takes one minute. We're going to do this for a little bit longer because I'm teaching you it in more depth because it's a little workshop. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and send all of your attention down to your feet. Feel your feet on the ground. Really notice the physical sensations of your feet on the ground. And you want to do everything possible to help you here. So closing your eyes helps and sending almost like your sight, everything down to your feet. But it, on days when it's really hard, you're going to really help yourself by maybe wiggling your toes, or wiggling the toe of one foot, really helping the attention anchor into the feet, whatever works for you. So feel your feet on the ground. And then you could help by getting curious about these physical sensations. So you could draw attention to your sensation of your sock on your skin or no sock or shoe, the hardness or softness of the floor, temperature, anything at all. Just getting really curious. So you're just focusing on physical sensations in your feet. Now your mind's going to get involved, it always does, and it's going to pull your attention back with all sorts of stuff. That doesn't matter. That's normal. You're not trying to control the mind by making it go completely silent or anything. But you're going to make a choice. Every time you realise that your attention has been hijacked, you gently but firmly escort all of your attention back to your feet over and over again knowing that this is normal, it's not a failure, and each time you do it, you just get better at controlling your attention. So placing all of your attention in your feet. Feel your feet on the ground. 
And then move your awareness to your belly. Notice the physical sensations in your belly. And maybe allowing your belly to soften if it wants to. But we're not trying to relax. You're not trying to do anything. You're doing the opposite of trying. So this is an allowing. Does the belly want to soften? Just notice if it does or it doesn't. It's neither good nor bad. It's just an opportunity to allow the belly to soften. We carry so much in our bellies. So feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften or not. And then maybe allowing your shoulders to move away from your ears. If they want to. And if they don't. Notice, notice that too. Notice how close your shoulders are to your ears and how they don't want to release. This is just a noticing practice. And when I say just, this is a powerful noticing practice. Keep it neutral. So if you find that your mind is getting involved, which it usually does because that's its job, with, oh my God, I'm rubbish at this, I'm so tight. One's, one shoulder's down further than the other. That's because I did this the other day and I shouldn't have done that and I slept funny. And da, da, da. Bring your attention back to your feet. Allow the mind to do its stories and labels and judgments, but you control your attention. Feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften or not. Allow your shoulders to move away from your ears or not and notice notice how you feel and however you feel is however you feel and that's okay just notice completely neutrally how you feel in this moment feel your feet on the ground softening belly or not maybe some space between the teeth Maybe allowing the tongue to rest lightly on the roof of the mouth or not. And notice, bring your whole body and your attention and notice how it feels. Notice where your attention is drawn and notice what your mind has to say about that part of the body. Just notice all of it. The mind with its busyness, external distractions, how difficult or easy it is to keep placing your attention back into your body. Just notice all of it, just for a moment. And then take your awareness to your heart space. This is the centre of the chest. And just notice physical sensations in the heart. Just for a moment. And then if you want... You can ask your heart what it wants, which may sound silly, but can be surprisingly effective. So I'm just going to ask a couple of questions, which you can allow, if you wish, to wash through your heart and just notice what comes up for you. So placing all of your awareness in your heart. What does your heart long for? What does your heart long for? Notice what comes up, nothing, stories, physical sensations or not. 
Notice all of it completely neutrally. What does your heart long for? What would make you happy? What would make you happy? And then when you're ready, really gently open your eyes. And before doing anything, just pausing and notice how you feel. Notice the need to suddenly go do something. And see if you can resist for a moment longer the doing and just be with how you are right now. Notice. And if there's anything that you want to jot down about what you found about your body or anything interesting about trying to control your attention, or if you've got some really interesting answers to the question, what does your heart long for, then I suggest that you pause this recording and just take a moment to sit with that and and write anything down. And the way I find really, really effective is to actually stay in the body as you write and just allow the pen to go across the page in a really scruffy way. So no spag, no punctuation, spelling, grammar, none of that. Not even finishing words. I find when I do it often, I don't even finish a sentence. But just allowing that connection between the unconscious, the subconscious and the conscious, because you can start as you allow it to come through the hand, which is still a part of the body, it starts to connect with the mind, but without going through the filters of the mind, because the mind will get involved in not necessarily a very helpful way. So you might want to just try that for a moment. And then I just really want to talk to you about this method that I call neutral noticing. So it's a meditative self-awareness practice. Call it what you want. It doesn't really matter. It came through working with clients and teaching groups when back when I was a yoga teacher. And it comes through my own work and what I needed as I recovered from burnout. And what I really like about it is it removes that pressure. What it did for me, remove that pressure of thinking I ought to be a better meditator. I ought to do more yoga. I ought, I ought, I ought. Because actually, there's no oughting. You can do the one minute mark. I'll put a link for um, so you can get that for yourself. Doing that for one minute, even a one minute a day, is can be truly transformative because it's teaching you to get back in touch with this internal navigation system. And it also really importantly helps to control the attention because you're purposely moving the attention around the body and listening. When I mean listening, I mean this holding space for the body and noticing what it needs with love and respect and kindness and compassion, you know, on the days when you're really tired. And that changes how you treat yourself and how you move through your day and how you build your life. Because when we're connected deeply to ourselves, when we're really listening and we're taking into account what our body needs, when we're listening to what our heart longs for, what would really make us happy. And when on top of that, we're able to control our attention. Now, this is really important. Everybody wants your attention. Everybody. Your attention is the most precious thing that people want. And so much energy and money and time and research has gone into stealing your attention from you mainly with fearful stuff because and the reason for that is that fear works fear and shame work really really well Um, and we know that from from evidence-based psychology and from kind of looking at the pattern evolutionary pattern fear and shame are the biggest drivers 
for keeping us alive, for keeping us within our group of people so we don't end up on our own and starving so being rejected by everyone so fear and shame are very powerful and they're used all the time by people who want your attention and this can lead to severe overwhelm and and deep unhappiness because it's very very difficult to ignore of course it is it's cleverly designed so if you want to take your life back giving yourself the gift of your attention is a really good thing to do because it's a skill for life. It's like you become more skilled than everyone around you. You have more choice. You're able to pause and respond rather than react. And you're able to make better choices. But on top of that, once you've learned to control your attention, as in take back your attention for yourself, the more and more you listen to your body and you listen to your heart, even if you're not responding to start with, you're just listening neutrally keep it completely neutral drop the shoulds and the oughts and like the betters better better I need to be a better parent a better colleague a better this a better that dropping that and just being with where you are now which is what we were partly talking about yesterday or mainly talking about yesterday where you are now how you ended up here what's unique about you this stage of your life, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, your energy levels, what you need right now, once you start to listen to what the body wants and then what the heart longs for, that gives you masses and masses of useful information. You don't have to act on all of it because there's no pressure because you're in control and you're keeping it neutral. But these are skills that help you get your life back. Because the only way to create a life that works for you, where you get to have everything you want, meaningful, satisfying work, awesome relationships where you feel deeply connected, where you're able to be vulnerable with those you it's safe to be vulnerable with and to protect yourself when it's just not appropriate to be vulnerable with that person. So being able to have really good boundaries and being able to have vibrant health so really good energy because you know what nourishes you you know what how much water you need to drink you know whether you need to walk around every half an hour or fidget more or not work at a desk or not work inside you know whatever it is what's coming up for you and just following those breadcrumbs that can really help you um, live better live more fully live as you get your life back your way really important skills so what neutral noticing also does is it reverses the habits that get you to feeling like you can't cope like you're you're just going to drop a ball and you're going to lose everything so these habits are trying really really hard like trying really hard pushing yourself too hard until you are at breaking point So we learn to do this temporarily because this is what we're taught is the thing that successful people overwork, successful people don't sleep, successful people have all of the qualifications and they're really confident. Push, 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 push. Crazy, crazy. Not good for anyone. Really not good for anyone at all. So those habits of trying really hard, of believing that you can only have what you want if you are close to burnout, if you're busy all the time, if you're not you know, if you sacrifice your health and your relationships and also that part of yourself that that wants to just stop and gaze, you know, gaze at a flower or the way the light falls or 
or the way your dog or cat is sat or the, the way your partner is just sleeping or, you know, what these tiny things that, that are what life is really about. Life is about these deep moments of joy. But when we think they're fluffy and we don't have time for them, we miss out. And the cumulative effect is that we just get stuck in this push, 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 push really hard. Sacrifice, 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 because that's what we're taught at school that you can only have a life that has freedom and choice if you sacrifice freedom and choice to get there. And research actually kind of says the opposite, nearly the opposite. Research says that happiness comes not from success, success comes from happiness. And I'm not saying that self-discipline isn't required my tiny huge life-changing practice require self-discipline they just don't require self-sacrifice and hours of your time and masses of disruption working really really hard for those initial exams at school requires huge sacrifice and masses of disruption it's supposed to be temporary when did it end when do you get to the point where you get to sit down and breathe out I sometimes feel like we're climbing a hill and there is no summit. And that needs to stop because life can't keep being postponed. Life is now in this moment. And there are plenty of unexpectedly lovely things around that take a moment to absorb and digest. There is no reason to carry on with these habits of self-sacrifice, self-harm, you know, destroying your life to maintain your life doesn't make any sense. And what I love about neutral noticing is there is no trying, there is no achieving, and there is the deliberate interruption of the judging and the shoulding and the orting and the wishing things were other than they are and the trying to control things. Because when you keep your noticing neutral, by definition, you have to drop the shoulds, the orts, the trying to be better, that constant problem solving. So it's interesting to me that I didn't design neutral noticing. It came to me. It was a distilling of everything into something very small with a huge impact, which is kind of like the story of my life, because I've always been looking at what's the smallest thing we can do that have the biggest impact. It's just a geeky fascination of mine. But I love that this yeah, I've got to this point where I use neutral noticing myself. I use it with all my clients. I put it, pour it into all my courses and it's just got more and more little, gets deeper and deeper. The hugeness of the tininess of it gets deeper and deeper, the more I experiment with it and use it in different ways. So that's what, that's my gift for you for this second in the series of tiny, huge, life-changing workshops. If you're interested in helping yourself embed these and you want to work with me, I've got a unique opportunity, which is only available over the next few days because I'm closing the doors to this on Monday, the 31st of May, which is bank holiday. Um, and this is my new Get Your Life Back program. It's um, a 12-week intense program of um, committing to yourself every day, committing to yourself first every day. It's intense in that you're committing to yourself first every day, but it's not disruptive. You could do it without anyone really knowing because that's my way, because that's what I needed and that's what you need. Um, so it's a unique opportunity because it's going to be a really nice small group 
So it's the first I've, I've done this with people one to one, tested it out, and it's built on my previous work with my membership, but it's much, much better, even better. It goes much deeper and much further. Um, so if you, you're interested in doing this, then I will put a link um, in the show notes if you're listening to this a podcast or it will come out in your emails if you signed up as a workshop. And then if you want to talk to me about it, I'm clearing some time this week to do so. So do let me know. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. Let me know how you get on. Reconnecting to your heart, controlling your attention, listening to your body with some neutral noticing. To find out more about my tiny, huge, life-changing practices, please visit www.heidimark.com. 